great. Hey, everybody. This is Ali Almagasu coming to you live from Cisco Live Barcelona for this week's episode of Cloud Unfiltered. Uh, this is clearly an unusual format for us. Um, so uh, forgive me any inconsistencies with our regular show format. Uh, today's guest is uh, very timely because we're going to talk about um, a product that was just launched yesterday, the Cisco Container Platform. And um, my guest today is Cisco's Jeremy Oki. Jeremy, what is your title and what's your role? Greetings. So I work in our cloud platform and solutions group. So I'm okay. the senior director of enterprise product management. So products like Cloud Center, Prime Service Catalog, and now Cisco Container Platform. Terrific. And to uh, the folks who are usually listening to this show, I really try hard to not make it a Cisco pitch. I don't want to try to let any of our other guests pitch. Uh, but I'm going to be fully transparent and let you know this project is near and dear to my heart. Uh, I've been working on the marketing end of it. Uh, Jeremy's been working on uh, the creating the actual product, or, or is that what you say your role is? Been in creating launching the product, it, yeah. yeah. Obviously, launching the engineers the create it, but uh, working right. with Google, uh, right? You know, Google, the Google solution we announced in October is a part so, of this. We'll get into, and uh, so this is going to be very product specific, and um, we're not so much trying to sell it, but but I feel like uh, in explaining it, I've been working the booth. If you can't tell from uh, my choice in activewear today. Uh, I feel like there's been a lot of interesting questions that folks have been asking. And rather than repeating it a million times, it would be great to get it recorded once so that folks can listen to this and, and have those questions answered. So um, I'll start off by asking you, why don't you tell me what Cisco Container Platform is? All right. What is Cisco Container Platform? So what we've created is uh, kind of filling a need we're hearing in the enterprises. There are platform services and a lot of other offerings there, but and our customers are experimenting with containers. But really, Kubernetes has kind of come as kind of the leader. It looks like it's kind of leading the race, and, and obviously Google is, is, is heavily vested in Kubernetes. And so we're tight. What do the customers need? Taking from the innovation teams back in the lab, the things the developers are kind of rolling their own, pulling from open source, and then writing an application, a cloud-native application, microservices architecture, and giving it to enterprise IT and saying, could you please put this in production for us? And so obviously there's a disconnect there. What does it take to actually uh, have something new like that be production ready? And so a couple elements of what that means is taking these open source products and putting them together in a way that is tested and validated. Wrapping um, the connectivity to things like the network and the storage so that it actually supports what Cisco, so Cisco customers already may own Hyperflex systems or Cisco ACI. And so now they want to take this Kubernetes distribution and capability and put it onto something they can actually run that's production grade. So Container Platform ultimately is putting together all the open source tools, uh, creating a way to manage them effectively, because normally management of Kubernetes clusters is something that's actually tricky. So Container Platform is actually providing a Kubernetes cluster management capability. So IT ops gets what they need, which is a production grade, already kind of figured out, um, tested, and then it also already has the extensions and capabilities, things like tying Contiv down to ACI, so we have software-defined network programming. Um, persistent storage is a challenge. People usually have to then figure out on top of Kubernetes. So by having a Hyperflex Flex driver as part of our, the Hyperflex 3.0 announcement earlier, um, those things are already part of the container platform. So really customers are getting that production ready, 100% upstream Kubernetes distribution that is you know, on Cisco hardware, tied into things you like, and uh, Cisco TAC supported. Now, is it only for, you're going to get into this later, I just want to add now, it's not just for those hardware, there's a bigger plan we'll get into, um, but we're starting obviously with uh, 
this conjunction with the Hyperflex 3.0 announcement and container platform on Hyperflex. Why did we choose to do this initial deployment on Hyperflex? Yeah, um, I think we find a lot of times development teams want to buy something. There's a department buyer. There's a there's a development team buyer. Hyperflex has also a nice story about how it scales. You buy it incrementally. You know, I want linear scale. Four nodes become eight nodes. Eight nodes become 12 nodes. Um, so it's a little more of an incremental purchase. And that really is the developer style is more, let's start a project and try something and fail fast or, or you know, sort of those DevOps kind of mantras. And so they usually don't have a big budget to go buy a huge infrastructure and put three racks in a data center. So the Hyperflex hardware platform really kind of fits that nicely as well. Um, also, just how we can actually leverage the technology that's already in Hyperflex. The, the great storage layer, that team was already working on Kubernetes integration. The ACI team, you know, was already working on Kubernetes integration. So these are just products that are our kind of innovations across many of our teams, and they all come together nicely into a solution that Cisco can stand behind with support. Yeah, I have to say, I was working with, um, as you know, the lead engineer yesterday. We were hanging out at the booth. And he really brought up an interesting point. He said, you know, if you set this up on your own, you can't integrate with ACI the way, he says, I'm meeting every day with the ACI team. I'm meeting every day with the Hyperflex team. He says, you might be great at setting up your own Kubernetes, you know, system at home, but you can't do this. Just because you don't work at Cisco, you're not Cisco. And I had never considered that angle. I just... Yeah, and the initial announcement, we're targeting Hyperflex, but even expanded. What do you already own? You may already own uh, a FlexPod or a VBlock, you know, mm -hmm. a Cisco converged infrastructure, not a hyper-converged. So how are you going to bare metal boot in the future Kubernetes clusters? We obviously, we Cisco know how to automate the cluster management and do things like bare metal and tie it back to some of our other partner ecosystem products or Cisco products. So the solution portfolio will expand over time. So HX is kind of first and best today, but we're also going to meet customers how and where they want to use it um, which is what they may already own or, you know, even something that's not Cisco's um, may even be supported in the future as well. Okay, great. That makes sense. You'll see I have a list of questions. <laughs> um, typically, I just kind of shoot from the hip, but I wanted to write down the things that customers had actually been, you know, asking me while I was working the booth. And so this is, this is uh, a lot of stuff we've been hearing from them. How is this different from other offerings that may seem similar? Yeah, well, some are... I mean, other than the obvious, it's on Hyperflex. Angle. Yeah, some are full-featured PaaS platforms, platform mm -hmm. as a service, and um, they provide additional value by putting, I'll call it a veneer over the top, mm -hmm. and it's not really full 100% Kubernetes. It's still a container, maybe on the back end, uh, but, and they may be doing some things, actually, we're not trying to necessarily solve that use case. So if someone already has a platform service they really like... Um, we're not trying to solve that. But if you really want 100% open Kubernetes distribution and the portability, even later if container platform is not the product for you, or you want to move those containers to a public cloud offering um, and run the containers there, I mean, we're really kind of making this a completely open and you know, no lock-in, portable, truly container. We're, um, I'll say, not highly opinionated on what we're providing. So there's a lot of ability for a customer to layer things on top of what they already have. I mentioned like an innovation team that's back in the lab who may have a CI, CD pipeline or tool chain about how they're actually doing their development and deploying. Well, that accesses a 100% Kubernetes distro. We're the same. So you may have this now production grade environment that we're providing for your IT ops folks. The tool chain's not gonna have to change. And some of those other platforms, the tooling might be different, the interfaces might be different. So, um, that's what we're trying to accomplish is meet, give customers what they want that's the open source versions of things, but solve some of the hard 
scaffolding problems. You know, how do you get it ready? What are, when you finally get Kubernetes set up, you realize you need persistent storage. You realize you need policy networking. You know, those things are things you kind of start layering on and realize all of a sudden you spent quite a bit of time figuring out um, a bunch of different open source projects. So I'm skipping ahead a couple questions, but I feel like you're heading in this direction. Um, if, if Cisco, you know, obviously we're providing a bunch of hardware that we, we already make. We're also layering in some software that, that we, you know, already make or manage. Um, what's the intellectual property that we're adding? What's, what's our value add to this? And yeah, it's a good question. So um, a couple things. One, there is an IT ops management interface here. So how are we actually doing Kubernetes cluster management? So that is something we're providing folks. That's an interface, a user experience, and an API. And that actually ties down to the Hyperflex has something called HX Connect. So we're providing kind of a similar UI. It looks the same. It's not the same UI, but we actually have a similar look and feel. And when you get passed from the Kubernetes management of Cisco Container Platform down to the Hyperflex HX Connect, the look and feel is the same. So we're doing that kind of integration from an IT ops perspective. And then on the data plane side, the developers, the people actually consume the platform, we're taking care of the extensions. I mean, we're writing code to make Contiv talk to ACI. We're providing the Hyperflex driver, um, Hyperflex flex driver that gives persistent storage. And so that's something we're writing that then takes advantage of the storage um, in the Hyperflex platform to give persistent storage. So, and we'll continue. Um, in the future, obviously, we acquired AppDynamics a year ago now. And so AppDynamics has Kubernetes support. So things like monitoring, logging, analytics, you know, we have solutions here, StealthWatch Cloud. Um, Tetration has a, uh, how do we actually look at the analytics down in the networking fabrics? So a Tetration could come in here. So we have a lot of products we can actually start building to the ecosystem, and that's the value we're going to provide. Um, it's still 100% open, so if a customer decides they want to swap one component out for ours, that's, that'll, that'll be fine. It's no longer the turnkey solution we're trying to provide, but maybe you want 80% or 90% of it. That's, that'd be fine as well. So a lot of what we're adding, it sounds like, is making these, the, the ability to make these tools work together. Is that... Absolutely. Is that kind of... Yeah. I, and speaking with, with David yesterday, the, the lead engineer <laughs> that I was talking with, I mean, he, he told me that they've got a pretty big team working on this. We do, um, and, and, I and think, hiring more. So I'm going to jump to a question you actually <laughs> yeah. have, which extends to the Google announcement of the Google okay, solution sure. for that we put out in October. The team isn't just Cisco. You know, we've right. been working very collaboratively with Google, and so one of the how is this different? Um, how does Google run Kubernetes at scale in their environment? What do they do to have the latest and greatest Kubernetes? And so that's one thing we're we're committed to working with Google on. Some of the other um, vendors are maybe a nine months or 12 months behind in the Kubernetes distribution version that they're using. So we're going to have a faster pace. There's a balance here. Production grade and, and rapid you know, versioning is actually sometimes a challenge. But when we're working with Google and we're keeping up with the same pace that they have and how they run their container offerings in GKE on Google Cloud, we're taking that same innovation back into this platform. So when we launch the Google solution later this year, um, which is a larger set of use cases, which Container Platform is a key piece of, you'll know that we're also working with Google and how that they run GKE and how we're running C uh, Container Platform so that when you deploy an application to either a public cloud, GKE, or on-premise on to the uh, Container Platform, you know that you're actually going to be able to do that. Maybe you want dev to be out in the, in the public cloud and, and production to be on-premise or vice versa. Um, if you were doing your own Kubernetes distribution, you may have a compatibility problem where 
your versions are different. So the engineering focus we have here also includes our public cloud partners and what they're doing in the container space. So it's not just our engineering talent. Yeah, I've talked to a number of Google engineers here over the week, and it's been interesting. They're really excited about this product, too. That's, yeah. that's what took me by surprise. They're really excited. Yeah. And so what about the future with Google? And you touched on it a little bit, but Istio. People want to talk about Istio all the time. Will Istio touch this project, or are we simply going to have a link into it? Or it, it will. So when you get out beyond Container Platform itself, what else are we doing? So Istio is a project that Cisco is committed to contribute to as well in conjunction with Google. And so starting to put in our capabilities in intellectual property and not only open source but hooking also the products we sell um, could be again things like app dynamics and tetration how do we actually pull the mixer function out of istio and get that kind of service to service capability um, identity and security is a big focus of istio so obviously we have a big security practice how do we integrate our security portfolio you know customers already use our firewalls and our policy products and uh our, our intuitive network kind of concepts. Um, so how do we get those hooked into Istio so that you're actually programming not only humans to services, but service to services. So we're so Cisco's contributing heavily to Istio. Um, it also means that we have uh, Google acquired Apogee. Apogee is an API gateway product. So you have this new innovative cloud native application you've deployed and the developers realize they need to get to something that's in the legacy kind of traditional IT portfolio that doesn't have RESTful APIs um, or needs an interface or controls or you want to charge someone for it. So those are all things that Apogee does. So we're also partnering with Google to work with Apogee in the solution and bring back that kind of how do you take this cloud-native application maybe running out in GKE or on-premise and get it to communicate in that kind of cloud-native way to what IT already has internally running that may not the same architecture. So Apogee fits in there as well. That's exciting. Yeah. That's exciting. Thank you for explaining how it all works together. I still am trying to wrap my brain around that. Um, a, a question I've been getting asked um, by folks who stop by the booth is, what if I already have Hyperflex? Do I have to buy the new Hyperflex 3.0 that was just announced? Or can I, can I download the software? What's yeah. the plan for that? So we're obviously having a bundle that we're going to sell through our Cisco sales teams and partners. Um, you may already have Hyperflex. So you're on a version prior to 3.0. So 3.0 was announced, uh, I believe, last Friday, but it's not shipping yet. So when it is shipping, customers have subscriptions to the Hyperflex platform. So yeah, anyone who has a currently under maintenance Hyperflex platform will have the opportunity to upgrade to 3.0. It will come with the improvements. At that point, um, Cloud uh, Cisco Container Platform will also be sold as a software subscription only. So not the bundle, including the hardware, but also the software subscription. So Initially, the software subscription is targeted to exactly that. Customers that already have a Hyperflex investment want to upgrade what they have to the latest version and then install um, Container Platform on top of it. Interesting. So you touched on something um, we haven't, I don't even have a question in here about it. Is, uh, is it, so it's being sold as a SaaS? Not as a SaaS today, mm -hmm. but a software subscription. So a lot of, our, a lot of the products like uh, Cisco Cloud okay. Center and Cisco Container Platform now are annual software subscriptions that okay. the maintenance is bundled in. Um, so they're not SaaS. The, the, the specifically, Container Platform right. is to run on-premise right. because you're already using like a public cloud provider's right. container offering, and you also need a, an equivalent. You know, we have a couple really good use cases where people want this 
capability, but they want it on-premise. We've seen it in retail, mm -hmm. where a lot of stores want to have a, a small application that runs in the stores rather than going out to the cloud. Things like customer loyalty apps and their point of sale yeah. are all being moved to microservices and container architecture, so they need a small footprint. Uh, we've seen things like oil and gas, oil platforms mm -hmm. that need to run an analytics capability mm -hmm. out on the oil platform, and they want a small form factor. Mm -hmm. So obviously, big private cloud stacks with big converged infrastructures can be difficult to find the space in a store or out on an oil platform. So these are some of the um, kind of verticals where we're seeing they, they really want to embrace containers and kind of the small size of the platform. There's Hyperflex Edge uh, coming out as well, which is a smaller kind of form factor of Hyperflex. Um, in the future, we also have like UCS-E, a UCS server that's a blade that goes in a router. So in the future, we may support as well um, UCS Edge um, or other kind of hardware platforms. So kind of leads into the next point. Initially, you can upgrade your Hyperflex platform. Now, this also means you may already have other Cisco converged infrastructures, FlexPod, vBlock, VersaStack, you know, our various partners that have those converged infrastructure reference designs. And since this is a software subscription, we'll also eventually have validated designs coming out kind of with the Google solution. It also means we'll have validated designs for running this on your existing vSphere environment you already have. And then in the future, we'll also add bare metal support. So getting rid of kind of the hypervisor. Why have a hypervisor layer there? There's some, there's some reasons today that, that it adds value, but we're trying to work to eliminate those uh, reasons. So you actually get bare metal as well. And so having um, Hyperflex eventually will support bare metal. The other Cisco UCS servers will support bare metal. And Container Platform will do cluster management. You asked what were things we added. Mm -hmm. One of them was the IT ops cluster management. That cluster management won't just be on Hyperflex or on vSphere. It'll also extend out to bare metal and some of these other kind of edge appliances we have and kind of get rid of the hypervisor layer that's uh, a little bit of overhead. So that's, right. that's why it's a software subscription as well because it'll kind of meet customers where they want to run it. And that then, makes and sense. And we're just, you know, container platform is that curated, unopinionated, 100% Kubernetes that we're helping IT ops with all the management, logging, analytics, you know, the runtime of keeping a production-ready Kubernetes platform up and running. Uh, not to take you backwards, but you did mention support, and I know you meant it figuratively, we support something, but it made me think of um, support for this product, and I think that's um, an, an interesting component. How is it being supported? Something goes wrong? Yeah, Who so obviously it? we have Cisco Technical Assistance Center, you know, phenomenal support. So all our software subscription products actually sell with either premium or solution support. So it's one phone number that you call when you have TAC solution support. It's included in the subscription. So you just choose the subscription you want to buy, how many nodes okay. you want, is it one year, three year, five year, and the subscription level you want, premium or solution support, and you call TAC with solution support, and they'll support you in a wider array than just the specific product. You know, If it turns out it's a compatibility problem with Kubernetes, mm. I think here's part of our Google relationship. We'll triage the call over to the you know Kubernetes folks and find out what we need to do to have this production application bug fixed. Um, or if it's a problem with the ACI integration, you know, maybe the, you find something that we didn't find in testing or <laughs> feature, feature enhancement sometimes. Sometimes yeah. the things come in as a, what's perceived as a bug or something. It turns out it's just a feature enhancement. Hey, the product doesn't do that. And so those same kind of support things also turn into feature enhancements. And, uh, and, but just it's that 24 by 7 that my business runs on this. Who do I call when it's broken? When it's open source, you go out to the community, yeah. post in some forums, maybe you get an answer, maybe you don't. You know, this is what we really mean when we say support, is that Cisco's there to support you and help you figure out what the problem is, and we'll triage it even when it goes out to our partners with the solution support. That makes sense. Yep. 
Now, something else you touched on was, you know, we were talking a little bit about the roadmap. It sounded like you were working your way down the roadmap and talking about in the future when it won't be solely a um, Hyperflex solution. So say it, the, you get to the hardware agnostic version. Um, a lot of what we talk about is it being a turnkey solution. Does it learn, lose its turnkeyness? Um, does it, um, what's the trade-off, I guess? Once, once all the Cisco hardware is gone, what's there? What's yeah, um, the turnkey obviously is. We, mm -hmm. we test something and create a Cisco validated design. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of an assurance mm -hmm. that we put this in the lab, we've done the integrations. And so what we're providing as a bundle, if you will, mm -hmm. is that turnkey. Now, okay. we have a you know, great partner. Some of the partners will find use cases that vary some. They'll take mm -hmm. our validated design, make some variations to it, stack. Maybe you're not interested in Istio, for example, and you want to put a different kind of comparable kind of product on top of it. It's 100% open Kubernetes. Now, can you call TAC when you replace Istio and put something else on? Well, you know, obviously you're drifting from the validated design, so you kind of take a little bit of your risk on there. But, you know, where you actually follow the validated design, TAC is able to support that. So I think that answers your question. Yeah, right? you did answer my okay. question. Um, let me see if I have any questions that you haven't covered. Um, I do believe I do have a couple questions. Okay. Um, oh, I talked about, I asked about Google's role in the future. Um, collaboration with Google, value add from Cisco. I think I've gotten most of uh, yeah. the questions that I've been getting asked in there. Are there other things yeah. that I haven't asked you that you'd like Let's to talk about? Let's add a little about? bit about um, what else we're doing with Google. So yeah. when you start talking about orchestrating an application, we're providing a platform here, but there's other products that come into the Google solution. For example, Cisco Cloud Center, that model wants to deploy and manage anywhere. That's typically been virtual machines, infrastructure services, mm -hmm. complex multi-tier applications. The, the tooling is a little different in cloud-native applications. Containers kind of come and go, but there's still a need for governance and control. Should dev go to this environment or that environment? Should prod go here? When it's prod, which network do I attach to? What kind of policies do I want? We also kind of see where container applications, while they're great, still may need to communicate with legacy or non-containerized things. So in Cloud Center, it's called a composite topology. So part of the Google announcement, Cloud Center is also adding a Kubernetes personality so that the abstraction is not only for you know things like IaaS services in public and private clouds and application deployment within virtual machines, but also now you know if you want a web server, the web server can be a virtual machine. The web server can be a container. So that's something that's being added as well. And then we have other products. You know, when you start talking about connectivity, how do I connect from my on-premise to my public cloud? So part of the Google solution is also some of those one-time setup activities. How do we automate the deployment of a physical CSR router or ISR router or ASA firewall out to a virtual um, CSR or Google's Cloud VPN or you know this also isn't just Google specific uh, I think we had an announcement this week with uh, Microsoft Azure and providing solution support around Azure Express Route and how you customers actually connect from their on-premise out to Azure so as they have container services you know this isn't this is an example of while we're working very closely with Google this also means you may be using container services from other folks and so those one-time setup activities of connectivity from cloud to cloud, private or public, and then also how do I orchestrate and provide like a self-service capability to developers or people that maybe not as familiar with the blueprints of development but still want to do configuration deployment the right way. You know, an automation orchestration that 
if I ask for it a thousand times, I get the same predictable results. But then also things like financial controls. Should you be able to deploy dev? Maybe you are only a developer and you should only be able to deploy development environments. And I'm a production implementation person. I should be able to deploy to production. You should be able to spend $1,000. I should be able to spend <laughs> $10,000. So those kind of non-technical call them guardrails, are things that we're also doing in the, uh, in the solution. And so adding like capabilities for cloud centers to support Kubernetes is important to what we're doing there. That's exciting. It is. Now, I know uh, we probably don't want to commit too tightly to any timelines, but can we give a rough timeline of uh, when these products, when not necessarily the larger Google solution, but the um, yeah. container so platform? So What's the that first version of the container platform will be available in April 2018. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, the uh, rest of the solutions, a little, you know, second half of 2018. Fair so enough. It'll, it's, it, it, it'll definitely be early. It's not going to yep. be at the end. It's <laughs> not going to be a holiday present for anybody. But, yeah, no, we're definitely, I think we announced um, the Google uh, kind of partnership and, and what we were doing in mm -hmm. October of last year. And we were already working. We already had engineering. We already had functionality. We already had labs. So that wasn't the beginning of the relationship. That was actually it was just, just when we shared. That was when we shared. There was a lot of already in-flight work. And so we're kind of bringing that all together. Um, we actually already have early access customers. So for both container platform and we're working with Google, we're actually taking the use cases, we think, mm -hmm. and actually sharing our our. Uh, feelings with the customers and mm -hmm. seeing if it's relevant, our assumptions are correct, their requirements are being met. So while we're working through this, customers are already actually using this. Ones that already have these problems, they're committed to Cisco, already using some of the technologies, um, we're, so we're getting their feedback. So when we finally do release you know, 1.0 of Container Platform or the Google solution, this has already even been in customers' hands, validating the requirements and assumptions. I have one more question for you okay. that wasn't on my list, so <laughs> forgive me if it's outside of your wheelhouse and no, feel free to tell me no. But as I listen to this, if I were a customer, I may be confused from the outside saying, okay, they're talking about this partnership with Google. This really sounds like the direction that their cloud train is rolling. Um, what about the multi-cloud portfolio that we've been talking about? How does this all weave together? Yeah, it's definitely part of it. So we announced the multi-cloud portfolio also mm -hmm. last fall. Yeah. Um, and the multi-cloud portfolio wasn't really new things. It was trying to organize all the products Cisco has into a little more logical, um, consumable, explainable um, kind of portfolios, if you will. So there's four portfolios within the multi-cloud story of Cisco. So the first is advisory. Customer, do you have a cloud strategy? And, and, and a lot of customers actually don't, and that's what, when we look at the research, it actually tells us a lot of customers are struggling with their cloud strategy. How do I take all this technology I have and run, and how do I actually modernize it and how do I get it out of my data? That's center, what I've heard most in the booth, I have yeah, to say. Absolutely. So the advisory function is, you know, our professional services, our partners' professional services and what it takes to create a strategy, um, you know, get that plan together and start executing against that plan. And then we have three kind of technology portfolios after that. Connect, protect, consume. So Connect is all the things you would expect, our connectivity products, which there's a lot of them within Cisco. And some of them are VPN, some of them are IP, you know, some of them are service provider focused, some of them are enterprise focused. But how do you have a multi-cloud strategy and handle that connectivity in a multi-cloud world? Because you know, even if you only have one cloud provider, for example, and you're on-premise, you may use six regions and you may have three data centers. That's, that becomes a pretty complex topology of connectivity. And then you feel like you need to introduce a second provider. Um, into it. So now you added one more provider in six more regions. So the connect is really getting you the connectivity. The protect is our security portfolio. 
Um, we have lots of things, and some of those are data center products, um, StealthWatch Enterprise and StealthWatch Cloud. How do I look at what's going on conversationally, both on-premise and out in the cloud, and correlate activities? Um, End-user kind of things like Umbrella, um, Tetration Cloud is also more network analytics and looking up and doing troubleshooting um, in the fabrics. You know, uh, App Dynamics is not part of this, but it's also doing telemetry, but it's a, an application-centric. We have lots of other kind of protect tools that are layer 7, maybe just below the application, that various points out in the network. Some are more security-focused, some are more data analytics-focused, but the protect is really bringing our whole security and analytics portfolio and having something that's multi-cloud. What you may have today works really great on your on-premise environment. Right. When you start moving more and more to the cloud, how do you protect the same kind of visibility and controls that you have on-premise? So it's a challenge. And then Consume um, has two main products in it, App Dynamics and Cloud Center. So Cloud Center is how do you actually have a catalog of services that you can model, and no matter which cloud you want to deploy to, you know, there's a, an ability for it to move them from cloud to cloud without having this very hardwired prescriptive blueprint. And then App Dynamics. Um, App Dynamics is amazing. Yeah, it is a great part. There's, I mean, there's a handful of things that are probably key use cases here. One, baselining. When you pick up something and just move it from point A to point B, maybe your data center's full or you're trying to get out of the data center business. When you move it, you'd like to say it performs the same or better than it did from where you had it. And so having that baseline ability to compare, not only technical metrics, but business metrics. Is my end user experience on my iPhone from... Uh, Asia, you know, as good as uh, as my wired line from North America, or transaction, well, business processes and transactions, you know, conversion rates. I moved and now my conversion rate dropped, or you know, those are the kind of things that App Dynamics can do. Also, that dynamic mapping of the topology. App Dynamics isn't the only product we have. You know, there's um, App uh, Tetration can also build dependency right. mappings, but you have a very dynamic environment now in the cloud. You're providing self-service, so. Who's deploying where? You know, if you have 20 different developer teams who have governance to control where they can, but it's still a, a wide number of choices, how do you have that kind of real-time dynamic mapping of what's where, who talks to what? So AppDynamics does that, and then helps with things like root cause analysis. Um, I have a production application, so when Cloud Center deploys it, it can make sure that AppDynamics is configured into the application and that all that telemetry is coming back to AppDynamics. And so then... You get that call, hey, my critical line of business application is down. Instead of having 15 people in a war room all day and fingers, oh, it's the database guy, it's the network guy, it's, yeah. so the web server guys made a change. You know, AppDynamics will actually tell you where it is. You know, so your mean time to repair is very quick. Your problem isolation is pinpointed. You know, it shows you they'll along. They'll show you the line of code, you know, right? Yeah, it'll show you the database query that's running long, the line of code that was, that was there. So you know, it gives a developer a good feedback loop at a, at a code level gives the infrastructure guys a good view of who's talking to who and, and where it may be something that maybe it is the network or maybe it is the database server or, um, you know, even having a trigger. Um, hey, this whole cloud region is just running slow. Let's move the application from region A to region B. AppDynamics triggers Cloud Center. Cloud Center starts moving it, and now the problem solved. You know, it wasn't something you could solve somewhere along the transaction flow, but it was actually a problem in your data center region. So API calls and integration to scale the application or move the application somewhere else. So that's the consume platform. So that's a that's great explanation. That's one of the best ones I've heard in a while. So just to, to summarize, really multi-cloud is a way of helping customers that are looking at, they're trying to figure out their cloud solution. They're trying to figure out what's their cloud strategy. Multi-cloud is our way, the multi-cloud portfolio is our way of helping them navigate Cisco's existing offerings. 
And then what we're talking about, CCP, the Cisco Container Platform, and the Google solution, the Google partnership, is really mo moving forward. It's not looking at what we have. It's looking at, this is new stuff. It is. And so the multi-cloud um, portfolio will con continue to add right. as Cisco. We like to acquire new technology. We either develop it or acquire it. So new products will come into the portfolio. And I, I think you'll find they probably all slot into one of those. Um, you know, sure, maybe sure. we come up with another one as it, as it evolves. But container platform is a target for consumption, for connecting, for protecting. So sure. it's as part of the kind of underlying infrastructure we provide. It's just instead of it being a virtualized environment, we're providing kind of an abstracted container environment with, with Cisco Container Platform. Thank you for taking the time to, to dive deep. I know that uh, people have definitely had a lot of questions, and it's going to be great to be able to say, go watch the podcast. <laughs> Uh, and hey, anybody who's here, I know we were just spent a little bit of time on App Dynamics. Um, stop by the booth. That 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 demo will blow your mind. Go see what App Dynamics has to say. Of course, stop by the Cisco Container Platform booth as well. I'm there, and uh, so is Nikita, my partner in crime. And uh, we'll walk you through uh, what we have on site, and uh, hopefully that'll complement what you've learned uh, listening to the, today's interview with Jeremy. But thanks again, Jeremy. Yep. I really Sally. appreciate your time. Glad to.